My name is Miguel Escobar, and my favorite Power Query feature is the Rank Transform. Welcome to Power Query Magic. Welcome, Miguel. Thank you. How are you, man? I am good. I am good. Or, or should I call you Mike? Um, internally in, in Microsoft, yeah, people call me Mike, but that's because my bosses call me Miguel. So it's a good yeah. differentiator. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, and and why Mike? Who came up with Mike? Mike. Uh, it was. Uh, I guess that it, it was just uh, what my friends used to call me when I was uh, growing up. So oh, okay. my friends, really close friends, call me Mike here in Panama. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. Um, so a question for you. Um, you play music. I can see in the background there, you've got your drum kit and things. Yeah. Um, how many other people in the in the band? It's just me. It's just really you? just me. Okay. Yeah, it's just me. And, and what I do is that I, I sometimes get like guest uh, musicians to help me. So ah. session musicians or, or, you know, a singer that's going to help me, you know, uh, finish the songwriting and, and sing the actual song. Right. So, okay. So you're having a chat with them, you know, in the break or whatever you're doing. And they say, so, you know, is this your full-time job? And you say, no, <laughs> um, you're not a full-time musician. So what do you say? What, what is your role? What, how do you explain it to people? I mean, what I do is I'm, I'm just living life, trying, trying to, but you know, make the best out of it at this moment. Uh, sometimes I just switch the roles depending on who I'm talking to. Sometimes I just tell like, hey, I'm a book author, you know? Right. And then okay. I, and I, I tell all the people like, no, I, I have, I made this book with someone that I didn't even meet in person. <laughs> and then just... tell the story about Ken yeah, and yeah. I. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if I had to define myself, I'm, uh, I'm guess I guess I'm more of a tech guy, you know. Uh, at a core, I'm I'm a tech guy. I really like data, so I'm I'm more of a data guy. So even when I'm doing either the book or even when I'm doing the music, there's a lot of data right. <laughs> that comes into play. Uh, even when making music, you're gonna find you know MIDI and all of those files, all of that data, and it all has to make sense at the end. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to be really into sort of all, all the, the sequencer stuff and MIDI and all this sort of thing when I was mm -hmm. like 15. I had a mm -hmm. couple of keyboards set up all linked up to a computer with oh like a 12-track sequencer and all this mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And I, th I thought it was magic. It was just, a, you know, this technology yeah. was just amazing. You could record things and play it back and add extra tracks and layer stuff. So uh, so what, what software do you use these days? Because I'm totally out of touch now. So I personally use something that is called Logic in Apple uh, OS or Mac OS. Okay. Uh, but I'm working when I'm working with my producer or when I'm working with someone who's mixing or mastering the track, they are primarily using Avid, Avid Pro Tools. So I have both of them, but I primarily use to write and, and compose just Logic. It's way easier for me. Yeah, yeah. And what would you say is your favorite instrument? I primarily use the guitar. So, 
but I'm not trying to learn the the drum, so that's why you see the drum right. kit in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to learn that so so I can actually you know record some tracks here. Don't have to rely on patterns, you know. Yeah. Uh, from libraries and, and things like that. And uh, I do play a bass as well. I do have a bass. I have a small keyboard as well. So I pretty much have everything that I need in here, this little studio. Yeah. Um, most of the tracks that I'm coming up with start here. And then depending on what I need, I record either uh, locally or it could be, you know, remotely in some studios in LA. Cool. And do, are you self-taught or did you have yeah. some lessons somewhere? Totally self-taught. S Completely, man. I even with Park Ray, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just learned it the hard way. Yeah. School hard knock, trial and error. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, so in, in terms of, you know, let, let, let's get into that then. And they mentioned the book as well. So you're sort of, I guess, well, certainly where I first heard your name was from, you know, mm -hmm. M is for Data Monkey, um, published in mm -hmm. 2016, which seems a, a long time ago now. Um, yeah. And you, so you were writing that with, you know, the Excel platform um, mm -hmm. as, as the as the backdrop. So, you know, how did you how did you end up then reaching out to Ken to actually to Ken Paulson and say, hey, you know, do you want to write a book? How, how did that come about? So that was an introduction that happened in I think that it was in 2014. I uh, translated uh, Rob's Rob Colley's book uh, into Spanish. So okay. I'm, I made a translation and then I told him like, Hey, I'm getting some feedback from people that would like to have a book on Power Query because Power Query uh, was released in 2013 and it's getting a lot of momentum, uh, but there's not a lot of, a lot of content. Uh, so I, I reached out to, to Rob, he reached out to Bill and Bill said that, Hey, I do have someone else that is, you know, trying to make that happen as well. So why don't you, uh, talk together, uh, talk it out to see if maybe you can reach something. And that's how it, it came to be. So right. Bill and Rob uh, put us in connection and then Yay. we figured things out and, and go from there. Excellent. Um, yeah. You know, it's it was, a, it was a, again, one of those books that just really helped me probably transform my career a little bit. So thank you. I can, mm -hmm. I can say thank you very much to both of you. Um, yeah. I'll be seeing Ken on the weekend, so I'll buy him a beer. <laughs> yeah, Gen is primarily the one that said so the way that we wrote the book is that we started by creating a workshop. So the course uh, that we have around delivering Parkway or training people on Parkway, we have that course. And then um, Ken and I worked together on that and we packaged that content at that snapshot in, in time into the book. So that that's right. basically the formula that we use. So yeah. we, we have the workshop. Let's take a snapshot of, of that workshop at a moment in time and then capture it into a book form. Oh, okay. And that's what. Yeah. And that's the formula that we also use with the next book, the, the next version of the book or the next edition. Yeah, I think it probably comes across then as well because it's it's written in a more sort of in-person communi communication type style, I think. If you've been presenting this or yeah. trying to do it in workshops, then it comes across as a bit more. And I prefer that sort of technical book than the real you know dry technical type stuff that yeah yeah has never been sort of spoken i think it it, it reflects it um but I, i'd like to, to quote one of your your opening statements from from that book right I, I, 
went back mm-hmm. into it the other day. Um, so bear with me. It's a couple of sentences. So it, you've written, um, this is in your intro. Power Query is the new, un, the new underdog of business intelligence tools. It's a major breakthrough in self-service. Business intelligence and data manipulation for the end user or data steward. Our goal with this book is to change everyone's perspective of the tool forever. Okay, but then the next bit really stands out to me. I love this bit. This, this is the time for the underdog to rise and claim victory. A victory for all of us that work with data. Okay, so I love that. You know, do, do you think, are we closer to victory as people dealing with data? Are we, are we there yet? I think that we're on the path uh, now that you see Power Query not only in Excel, but also it's pretty much everywhere at this yeah. point. Uh, I'm using a Mac and it's on Excel for Mac, for example. Yeah. Just... Uh, and it's, it's not even like, you know, joined to my Microsoft account or anything. So this is just, you know, my personal computer. I have Power Query on a Mac. Yeah. And if I don't have Excel for some reason, I can just go into Power AI online or I can go into Power Apps or other hosts that we have where you can just get the Power Query online experience. Yeah, it's getting getting everywhere, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and the other thing you wrote in there was, little did I know that this neat tool will solve almost all of my data problems. So <laughs> what sort of problem, at that time when you wrote that, what yeah. sort of data problems were you having? Where where were you working when you wrote that or thinking about that? I I went into freelancing on twenty thirteen, and okay. it was after I read Rob Colley's book. So all I had at the time was just Power Pivot and Excel, and uh, little did I know that you know the real world doesn't have that many data warehouses. Uh, yeah. that you can just leverage, you know, with the data just clean and ready to go. So I came across a lot of data modeling raw blocks because I couldn't change the way that some data sources were being handled or were being passed to the data model. Um, so the moment that PowerQuake came up, I was able to have this middle layer where I can just, you know, whatever the data source was, I could just manipulate it, shape it into the exact data model that I needed, and then just solve all the problems with correct data model. And it's all about, you know, data modeling at, at, at its core. It's just that I didn't, we didn't have any tools to shape the data at all. Yeah, yeah. And so, so were you, in, before you went freelance then, were you, mm-hmm. you were building Power Pivot reports pre-Power Query? Yep. Okay. Yeah, back in, 20, I think 2011 and 2012. That's when I started using Power Pivot and DAX. Uh, and uh, my last job before I went freelancing, I was a sales analyst for back then the company was 20th Century Fox. So okay. I was primarily just reporting back on the box office here in Central America. So, you know, how many attendees did, you know, that cinema had just yeah, basically yeah. that set of reports. Yeah. So how are you coping without Power Query? What were you just having to manually do stuff or VBA or what was? Uh, I was able to get some funding for my manager um, when uh, I requested to have a database and a fully structured 
you know, component where we will have, you know, things standardized and normalized. Right. So there was this person that was actually handling, you know, the input into the database, but I was consuming everything that is in the, to the database. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess now you're at Microsoft, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. is it this beautiful Nirvana world where everybody's got Azure SQL databases that are beautifully correct? you know, curated, or are you still helping people with Excel dumps and CSVs and, you know? You know, I think that the, the, the core concept is data modeling. So it's, it's not just Power Query. Power Query is just a tool to help you. But if you want to analyze data, and that's usually what most people want to do, then you have to know data modeling. And that's what I'm seeing that, you know, not everything, not everyone in the organization has that knowledge, you know, about right. data modeling and DAX and all of that. Yeah, yeah. But Power Query, it's so easy that you can just, you know, get the UI and follow through and just get the data in the shape that you think it's best. Uh, but, you know, knowing what is the correct shape, that's, you know, that's something that you get with experience and with knowledge around what yeah. is data modeling. That's probably, the, you know, that, that is the challenge, isn't it, for people, for, you know, for me, for beginners it's number one realizing you have to have your data in structured tables and mm -hmm. that there's a massive benefit in terms of reporting to do that but then the right shape table um, yeah and and yeah there's no real there's no real tool to to tell them what to do there's amazing tools for helping them but they're not really telling them what to do so yeah yeah it's uh, i think that's that's the biggest leap i think for people when they when they come into this it sounds like you that's the sort of experience yeah. you're having yeah 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 it's similar to because mo most of the people think that they they need to comply with you know traditional people tables where you have to have all of the fields in just one giant table yeah yeah you know and when it comes down to you know data modeling that can help you get to a certain place, but once you actually reach that place, you're gonna get stuck. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Would, that would be, here, here you go, here's, here's my suggestion then for the uh, ideas. I'll, I'll get it on there, I reckon. <laughs> this this would be some useful AI type stuff, right? So you, you have a big table, a big mm -hmm. wide table, and yeah. you go, I don't know, you know, improve or, you know, normalize or something like this, and it would just, it would just create the dimension tables for you and yeah. edit your power query to just spit out the star schema. That would be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah, that 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 could be a. I see that more as more as a an improvement at the data modeling layer. Yeah, yeah. So if there was a way for do an assessment of my yes. data or my data model, that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, but imagine, and and this is the. This is what most people, you know, they, they, they ignore is that Power Query has the capability of not only being a tool for Power BI, but also a tool for something else, for other things, for other use cases. And those other, other use cases might not be a specific for data modeling. It could be, for example, that you just simply want to have an ETL component and you want to load the data completely denormalized with all, you know, repeating columns and all that into a data lake. Uh, right. Yeah. And okay. you can have some, some valid points as to why you're doing that. And, you know, 
Parkway is just a tool. It, it just helps you get the job done. One of those jobs is to load data and to transform and load data to wherever you want. Because yeah, it's the the and going back to the power pivot experience and that sort of first um, and, and you sort of translate in Rob Colley's book. Was that mm -hmm. a bit of a sort of wow moment then when you when you sort of came across this the power pivot concept? So when you first learn about power pivot, I can't remember if it was through a video from Mr. Excel from Bill. Okay. Or if it was from something else, maybe one of Marco Russo's and Alberto Ferrari's uh, articles, one of those. Right. It was either one of those. Uh, but what I can tell you is that after I learned about Power Pivot, I just got super obsessed with it right. uh, to the point where I ended up taking a, a workshop from Marco and Alberto. Uh, right. it, okay. That was in November of 2011. Wow. It was an on online workshop back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And and I've been having this you know relationship and email communications with Marco. <laughs> Ever since, okay. bugging him about DAX and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question then: What's your what is your DAX skill like? Is it pretty uh, pretty good, medium, I, excellent? Where where would you put? I'll be skill? honest with you. I I stopped looking at you know updates and all that the moment that variables came into play. So oh, I haven't okay. updated my skills since then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the reality is that once you have a good data model, and that's probably the key to Power BI, is as long as you have a good data model, you should be fine. As long as you don't have like some really complicated uh, metrics or anything like that, you should yeah. be fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's when you get like really complicated, really complex metrics uh, that you might need, you know, some really advanced decks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you you so were you and then Power Query came along. Were, mm -hmm. you, were you when did you become an MVP? Was that? Post I think that it was in twenty twenty fourteen because of the translation that it did to the book. Ah, awesome. Yeah, so that was in twenty fourteen. I think that I got twenty fifteen. I didn't get. I don't think that I got renewed in twenty twenty sixteen. Maybe or maybe I did. I can't remember, but what I can tell you is that I got dropped twice. Right. Okay. And, and, and <laughs> then when I when I got dropped twice, it was like they they hit me, and knocked me down, but I stood up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I came back like every <laughs> every Jeez. time. Wow. And so and now you're on the inside. So. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm on the inside. So now I have the, I have the MVP. You know the uh, the trophies that they, the awards that they gave you. Yeah, yeah. And you have to check out the RMEP because they had they give you like this medals. They look so cool. What was that? So, what, what, what was it? Sorry. So, so when you uh, get dropped from being an MVP, so you you retire or anything yeah. like that, you join this other program that is called RMEP. Oh, okay. And. You know, it's it's, it's a, the old saying is that once an MVP, always an MVP. Yeah, yeah. So the Reconnect program. Right. And yeah, it's okay. I have heard of it, yeah. And uh, yeah, so what happens is that they do give you a similar package to the one that you get as an MVP. It's just that instead of being 
this award. It's just a medal, and oh, this okay. medal looks really cool. Okay, cool, awesome. So you were, but you, so you'd, um, you'd already done. Oh, so Power Query had come out before you were an MVP. I think so. Yeah, and then you went and became a consultant. You know, yeah, freelancer. What sort of clients? What sort of work was that? That's a big move, and in, in Panama as well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What I can tell you is that it, it wasn't easy. Uh, you know, being from Panama, it, you know, it does have its its downsides when it when you're trying to do work remotely. Right. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it 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 it, it paid off. Um, Primarily, I was working as a. I used to say that I was primarily like, like a fireman or, or a lifeguard. That was kind okay. of my role. Yeah, like yeah. people will call me because of the book. Like, hey, we found the book. We have this issue. Nobody seems to solve it. We need we need your help. Right. Okay. So, so that was kind of the, the the majority of the customers that I used to have back in the day. And then I also started this journey with Ken, where we started the uh, power crate training. So Power Crate yeah. was kind of like our joint venture where we created this uh, enterprise so we can provide uh, custom content or custom workshops and and courses around Power Query. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and now that sort of migrated into SkillWave with Matt Ellington yeah. as well. So mm -hmm. I, I was chatting to Matt last week, week before, can't remember what it was, and he mm -hmm. laughed when I asked him about the name SkillWave. And uh, how long it took to come up with that name? <laughs> so, That's like a three-week chat, something like that. <laughs> Back and forth. So, yeah, uh, I, and the and the colors actually the colors of the waves and all that that was like a whole month as well. Right. Yeah. So, content took two weeks to develop the uh, the naming and the yeah. no, but there's it's a lot of good you know because that whole platform is is set up you know internally mm -hmm. now, isn't it? It's not sort of a third-party hosted thing. It's uh, it's all hosted i guess i get you are you yeah. still involved with that at all now you're at microsoft or did you have to give up your involvement i have to give up pretty much everything so right. i could join microsoft so the company that i had which was a microsoft partner uh skill wave which was which is you know super related to developing co courses around power Query. yeah so i had to give those up but uh, but I was involved in what you see today as a skill wave, so that website and all that, and yeah. that was a strategic decision as to how we wanted to move forward in terms of the vision and all the control that your own platform gives you. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And uh, I think it gets a, a lot of uh, a lot of good feedback there, and it's I think it's one of those sort of you know high quality, highly respected things that sort of uh, people can uh, be confident that they're getting some expert training rather than yeah. just sort of you know because there's a lot of courses out there people have to be careful there's a there's a lot of mm -hmm. you know cheap free you know all those sorts of things and you, you may come across a gem that you get you know amazing value but i think also you can you can also waste your money or get wrong advice i've seen freebie courses or cheap courses that are just yeah you know i don't offer any online training so you know i'm not biased yeah. here some saying somebody to come to my training um but it's just, yeah, it's just worrying that some of that stuff isn't really quality controlled. So that's just my my rant. I never had the chance to review other people's courses, I'll be yeah. honest with you. 
uh, we we never had the time. I don't think that even Ken has the patience to go through <laughs> no. through other people's courses like that. No, that will be a bit too much. Uh, but the thing that we try to see is, hey, we we have these competitors. You know, this is the feedback that we're getting from the customers, and and the reality is that all of the feedback that we were getting, you can even go today, and they're probably still getting like four or five stars out of five. Yeah, it's it's a matter of the opportunities there. How can we actually reach the people? And uh, none of us are marketers. None of us are you know sales people. Yeah. So we were just trying to make it work, trying to see how we could figure it out. Yeah, and I think that you know, there's this maybe there's two two splits to this. There's content first, and then mm -hmm. marketing later, and then the the less value I think is the marketing first content as a you know, and that's the bit that I don't like is is you know just somebody spun something up just to make some money and it's just like oh. Whereas I just say to people, look, research your trainers. Whoever, whatever course you're going to do, just look mm -hmm. up who the trainer is. Check out if they've got yeah. blogs, if they've got articles, if they've got books, if they've got channels. You know, if they if they're passionate about it, they're likely to be up to date and on top of it. So that's mm -hmm. my advice to people. Um, but now you're a Microsoft product manager. Yeah. So what what's that involve? Why do you think it, it involves when, when you hear that? <clears throat> I think it's about decisions around the future functionality and making decisions around prioritizing where the limited engineering time and resources are spent and trying to probably have a chat with or maybe not directly with customers maybe um, mm -hmm. yeah i'm not sure and then sort of try, trying to organize the team in terms of mm -hmm. the overall direction of the product I'm not really sure what involved, what's involved and in, if that's right or what's involved on a day-to-day -day basis. I'll be honest with you. The first time that I heard that, you know, that role, like product manager, I thought that it, it was something else. It was probably like, oh, that's probably the person that, I don't know, handles a physical product. But in our case, we don't really have a physical product. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have uh, what you call a tool or a technology and the role that I play is that I try to make this product or this tool go towards a successful part of path or basically a, a roadmap that brings success to this product. That's, you know, in a simplified way, that's what a product manager does. Yeah. You have to make your product succeed. And, and then, you know, around that, we have to define what is you have to define what is actually success, you know, uh, what defines success for you. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's where the decision-making comes in. Uh, but at the end of the day is making sure that your product, you know, is successful. Um, and because, it, what because I, it doesn't, sorry, because it doesn't ship separately as well, mm -hmm. you're sort of, that, that success factor isn't simply a, you know, how many units did we ship? You know, that, yeah. It, it, so that's a challenge compared to, I guess, you know, maybe the, I don't know, but maybe the Power BI team have a number of active users um, metric. I'm just guessing. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's a bit of a challenge for Power Query, I guess, because it's, what's it, how many, pro it's in, in about eight different products now, isn't it? Yeah, you could say that. Um, I mean, it, it depends on how you count them as well. Right. You know, 
uh, we got two extensions in Visual Studio Code. How would you, you know, count those? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have Excel for Mac. We have um, a little source, you know, an extension that you have in uh, SSIS or SQL Server Integration uh, Services, so you can create, you know, ETL packages from there. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's in Analysis Services. Uh, it's in. You could say that it's also in reporting services because it's in Power BI Report Server, so that it's it's in a lot of places. So, the metrics I cannot share too much about it, but yeah, sure. what I can tell you is that we do try to take into consideration, you know, each and every single one of them, right. and then we do try to prioritize, you know, the impact that each of them has and uh, the requirements. So, uh, at one point, it feels like we are. A service center because we do, you know, we there's a dependency between you know us, the center, and there's a bunch of people that consume our product, so yeah, or integrate yeah. their product. So we are like a service center, and we try to you know provide to this team, to this other team, to this team, and and just enough uh, so that they can succeed uh, because we do have you know limited resources. We don't have hundreds and hundreds of engineers. Yeah, yeah, and um, and what can you? On that front, and what what can you tell us that's sort of coming soon, or that's on the roadmap, that's public, um, that you're excited about, or that's you know you think might make a a big difference or a little difference? What is what's coming? I think that what I can share at the moment is is not that much uh, because we're still working on publishing some of this. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what I can tell you is to if if we can leave uh, the link in the chat, that would be amazing, or, or whatever yeah, yeah. this is going to be published. It's just so that people can uh, check out the uh, release plan. Cool. Uh, we try to update as much as possible. So whenever you want to see what we're working on, uh, you can just check out everything from this page. Yeah, yeah. I guess the one I'm aware of is the mm -hmm. data flow experience that's going to be rolling out to at some point uh power bi desktop and i guess further down the line excel so that single ui experience mm. so uh yeah it's pretty exciting so we're working on what we call a unified experience which is going to be the modern what we know now as the modern power query experience your ui that's available in Power Query Online. So whenever you go into Power BI Dataflows, Power Platform Dataflows, or any Dataflows in, uh, in the online world, you're gonna see this UI that looks different from what you see in Power BI Desktop or Power Query in Excel. Uh, that UI in Power Query Online, Online will replace the one that you see in Power BI Desktop and the one that you see in Power Query in Excel. Yeah. And some of the features that it has that some people have been clamoring for uh, is my favorite feature, uh, the rank transform. Uh, there's also the diagram view, uh, query folding so, uh, indicators. So pulling, a bunch. Pu pu picking up on the rank transform, what does that do? Mm -hmm. What does the rank transform the do? So the rank transform, something that we saw, even Ken and I, I think that we even have a pattern for this. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, or we created a pattern before I joined Microsoft. Um, imagine that you want to simply 
go ahead and and sort your columns and then just add a index column just so you can say that hey this is the first this is the second this is third and just rank those rows so based so, on so based on uh, the order, individual basically. values within mm -hmm. oh, okay cool yeah yeah so you you set up the logic on how your columns should be sorted and after the sorting happens then we just add you know a column that tells you like hey this is the first this is the second third fourth if there are ties we have an optional uh, way to handle ties as well so uh, really really easy and it can be also leveraged in other scenarios that are a bit more advanced but it's what most people have been clamoring for uh, with some situations where um, the order of the rows needs to be preserved. So if you need the order of the rows to be preserved, this function can actually help you with that. Okay, cool. That'd be yep. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you were saying about the um, the, the diagram view or the, mm -hmm. the sort of uh, yeah layout view. So that's that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, so that's going to replace the query dependencies view. Uh, it's more dynamic as well, so you can just interact with it. Um, but yeah, so that's something that we're going to be uh, transforming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really helped me um, a little while back when I inherited um, a client sort of complicated data flow combination of things. And it was just like picking apart where, you know, for me, trying to understand what was going on without somebody to tell me because the person had left. It was just really helpful that that sort of diagram view, that layout, being able to click on things and just see how everything interrelated. It was just, uh, yeah, it was great. But the, I, I noticed there's a there's a button as well that, that I hadn't really noticed before on data flows, which, it, mm -hmm. which was the, um, oh gosh, uh, marker's key. Okay, yeah. So what does that do? Uh, that uh, effectively uses the ta table dot add key function, so we can go into the uh, documentation of what the table dot add key function does, and that can help us. <laughs> Excellent. The documentation, the internal documentation for functions, I still find mm -hmm. it's getting it's got a lot better, but I still find it yeah. a bit. Conf the examples are, conf are not very user friendly. Just because I think some of the examples are in are sort of written with a, a code, you know, a, a coding person in mind rather than a business user in mind. So yeah. can be helpful, but can be a bit like, oh, not really sure what this is telling me. Yeah, we, we're trying to improve that. So you're going to notice if you compare the documentation of the functions today versus a year before or a year prior, you're going to see a huge difference. Yeah, uh, I've noticed that some of the ones I looked at, yeah, a lot more examples and user-friendly stuff and yeah. sort of more practical mm -hmm. things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, that that's that's one of the opportunities that we have to make it more user-friendly in terms of the sample data that we provide because yes. all of the data that you see uh, or the usage, you know, start from this table and we give you code. You know, it, yeah. it's a table, it evaluates yeah. to a table, but it's in M code. Um, yeah. Some people might not, you know, no. new users might not be able to understand that yeah. right away. I, d I don't like that. 
I think it's yeah. just uh, makes the code look more complicated, so it just puts you off straight away. I think so. Yeah, mm -hmm. real examples, little tables would be would be great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the so so the the marker's key would be the, the re. What's the reason to use it? Even if it's not just what it does, but what's the reason to use it? Makes joins merges quicker. Is I don't really know. Mm, not not really. So when you're trying to define a key, uh, there are some scenarios where you might need to define a key, but the ones that I that I'm aware of, they're more specific towards the Plower platform data flows. Oh, okay. Uh, so where you want to figure out, you know, what is the key and you want to have a, a visual indicator that tells you like, this is the key. Um, because that, that says that it, it sets that icon, which is a key, uh, yeah. facing downwards. And, uh, and yeah, so it, it helps you create that key, but it's, it's primarily just metadata. It's not, it doesn't right. have really an impact. Um, if you can see the, the sample code, the output, it's, it's really just the same table. Uh, it's just metadata being added. Oh, okay, cool. And you know, my, my biggest bugbear, um, you know, I've, I've given you this feedback many times mm -hmm. is the SharePoint and OneDrive connection. So if you've got an Excel file on SharePoint or OneDrive, it's still mm -hmm. the experience of, or sorry, on SharePoint, really, the experience of connecting to that is, is still problematic for end users and, and hard to discover. So is that in the, in the works improvements in that area? So that's, that's actually on the roadmap. And, um, what we're trying to improve is a way to simplify a browse experience yes. for SharePoint list. Yeah. And at the moment we do have a browse experience, but it's for OneDrive for business for yeah. files hosted on OneDrive for business. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we're trying to figure out if, if we can make that happen as well uh for you know sharepoint sites cool and we'll we'll uh, when the ui the data flow ui comes to desktop mm -hmm. will that same browse feature come with it then as part of that we're figuring that out at the oh, moment okay. like, yeah. like even even this week we just we were just talking about it yeah, yeah. so we're trying to see this uh because the way that it behaves on on um, on the online client uh, or, or the website itself uh, relies on exchanging tokens and, and some really technical components. So we're trying to figure out if we can make that happen as well on a desktop application where you might not have client secrets for your application. Right, uh, okay. In terms of authentication. I'll just keep, I'll just keep nagging, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, and what do you, what, what sort of things do you think can be made you know, other things can be made easier. Like, I guess for me, API connections are a bit of a, you know, a bit of a black box trouble area. Um, custom connectors, I know you've done, can you just talk about the SDK? Because again, that's not something I'm really familiar with, but what what is that and can it help with those sorts of things? Yeah, so when it comes down to connecting to an API, and this is, this is my experience working with APIs, I used to be a custom connector developer, so I created connectors for Power Query. Um, it's about 80% you fully understanding the API, how it works, the ins and outs of that API. 
and then 20% implementing that in DM code. Right. So the, the main issue is you trying to interpret the documentation and what it absolutely needs and what is expected because some, some documentations from some APIs don't give you too much, too much, yeah, yeah. sadly. Uh, so you just have to figure things out. Uh, so the idea with uh, custom connectors is that imagine that you have a hundred users that are trying to connect to this data source. What if there was this developer that created this way, this new connector, this, this new data source that could be leveraged by this, this hundred persons, uh, without having to read the documentation or having to understand that API or anything like that. They just want to connect to that data source. They have this connector and it handles everything. So that's, that's the whole idea. There's one developer that can create that connector for either the organization, even for your client, it could be for someone else. It creates that component that works similarly to other connectors in Power BI. And you have it, you basically can extend it. You can add more features to it. You can add optional fields as to how things should, should work, should behave. You can implement query folding. You can implement uh, a way to you know, leverage more easily some incremental refresh patterns, things like that. So it's all up to you as a developer to define what is the experience that you want to provide to your users. But you don't put the end user who really doesn't have to know about the API, doesn't really have to understand the API or, or the ins and outs of that. Yeah. Uh, because that's really where, that's the daunting process. It's just trying to understand that API. And it's time consuming and it's, yeah. Yeah. And so, so does the, so the, there's an announcement on the Power Query blog. Um, I'll put some links in the notes as well. So talk, and you're mm -hmm. talking about the, this sort of um, visual studio sort of development. And again, I'm not, a, you know, I don't really know much about that area. So what's, what was that and, and how is it useful to people or what's changed? So in visual studio code, um, prior to October of this year, we had a, an extension that helped you have a, a way to basically have syntax highlighting and, and intelligence for the Power Query language. So it was just an editor for a Power Query language. Right. That was, it, it didn't evaluate, it didn't do anything else. It was just an editor for the Power Query language. A lot of people like that. And what we released in October was a public preview for the new Power Query SDK. And the SDK is specifically aimed towards helping you create new connectors for Power Query. Uh, so it's a set of tools, a set of features that help you create uh, a connector and test it. Uh, the goal is that you can fully test everything inside of that SDK. Uh, without having to go into Power BI Desktop. And this SDK will replace the prior SDK, which is the one that we have in Visual Studio. So we have one GA in Visual Studio, um, but we're not no longer investing in that one. Uh, all the investments are being uh, routed to it towards this new SDK uh, in Visual Studio Code. And so far, the feedback that we're getting is, is pretty positive. Uh, oh. If you have a chance, go for it and, and try it out. Even if it's just to, to see things out, you know, see how things look. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
give it a try. Cool. Yeah, encourage encourage people to to give some feedback as well to make make things better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> awesome. Okay, it's t time of the show where we have a little game. Um, okay. Ju just a minute. Um, so we've got one minute to talk on a topic. I don't know if you saw um, uh, Miguel's um, attempt at this. He uh, he did pretty well, but I, I actually won this okay. game. So uh, you know, no pressure on you. Uh, if mm. you beat me, then you know you could, you've got one up on him. Um, mm. So the topic for this little game will be merging in Power Query, and okay. we have to. So either you can start or I can start talking. And if either of us hears the other one pause or say the same word twice, we buzz in and take over the conversation and keep talking. Whoever's talking at the end of 60 seconds is the winner. Okay. So what do you want me to do? You want me to, to buzz, like click a, a button or Just shout or buzz. <laughs> just shout buzz. So we're just going to say buzz. <laughs> And we'll buzz in, right? So I feel, I feel like you made that that game specifically for for Miguel because he's good <laughs> at that thing. He did all right, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, either I can start, and then you can buzz in if you hear me pause or say say the same word twice, or you can start and I can buzz in, and we can keep buzzing in if we, you know, if we say um or just pause to think. The other person buzzes in and takes over. So do you want to start? I just want to listen to you. You want to listen like to me talking talk to me? I can't keep going from here. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll deliberately make a mistake at 58 seconds or something like that. No. Um, okay, I'll start. Then let me get my... I'm, I'm allowed to say merging and power query more than once. But any okay. other words, you know, like folding or, I don't know, um, whatever it might be, any other words other than and and the, you can... If you hear me say them twice, buzz in, and then mm -hmm. you've got to take over. Right, let me get my little clock going. And I promise I haven't practiced, as you'll, as you'll quickly discover. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, if you hear me pause or repeat anything, buzz in. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. Start. Power query merging is the way of taking some columns from one table and combining them onto the side of another structured set of data. The button is on the home tab you can click merge queries or merge as new query you can then use the expand option to actually select which columns you want to grab from the other block of information you can use fuzzy merging which i don't recommend unless you want wrong answers or very approximate matches and the end result can be loaded as a table and you can disable the um, the loading of that other table so you don't need to load both at this end result. The... Uh, <laughs> oh, I got to one minute. You I made got a minute. It, man. man, I got it. I didn't even give you a chance. I feel bad. Man. I, I thought that you... I thought that you were going to go with something like, have you ever had an issue with, like, you know, like like an infomercial, you know, like a commercial completely? Like, have you had a, an issue with <laughs> BLUCUP? Oh, Why right. Okay. You... Hold on. Hold on. Right. Stop. I want to see if you can go for a minute. Right. Do your advert. Right. Here we go. I'm, I'm going to time advert, you. Like... I'm going to time you. I want you to do the advert style. Right. Here we go. Yeah. The advert style. Like, okay. Go. Have you ever had a, 
Yeah, like, have you ever had a, a situation where you wanted to VLOOK up multiple columns? Is um, VLOOK up simply not working and giving you an out of boundaries or some other errors that you're not pulling through? Well, now we have a situation or we have a feature in Power Query that can help you. So give it a try. It's called Merge. You can do multi-column merging. You can try to do a, a merge between uh, the right column and the left columns and select different join kinds, do fussy matching. You can do thresholds of the similarity score. I don't know. It's difficult when you're trying to, to translate some words from Spanish into, <laughs> into English. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good effort. Cause yeah, I, but, it's, uh, it's unfair. I, I, one, I've done this a few times Two, yeah. I'm a native English speaker. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of an unfair game really. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I always wonder, you know, that's that's really what what Ken and I used to try to do, like try to make it like an advert, right? Yeah, for every yeah. single feature. Yeah. I like it. It's a good idea. Yeah. It's a good idea. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's all about you know problem statement, you know, all about that. Then. Yeah. Okay. So uh, talking about merging, <laughs> um, any advice for people when they're merge? Because merge is, is quite an expensive you know, time consuming um, event when you're doing your Power Query refresh. <clears throat> so is there, and I see lots of people doing like, you know, five or six merges in one query um, for mm -hmm. their for their data. Is, is there any advice or techniques or suggestions of, and why does merging take, why does it take, why is it expensive? Why does it take a long time? It's a case by case scenario. I wish that I had like a concrete, you know, suggestion that yeah, yeah. will be for every single scenario, but it really depends. Uh, in some cases, for example, what if there was a way to fall back some steps? You know, you're connecting to a data source that has query folding capabilities. Maybe you can fall back that particular step that has a join. Um, it could be, for example, that you're doing the join a little bit too early uh in the sense that perhaps you're dealing with 10 million rows on one side and 10 million rows on the other one and um, at the end of the day you're just going to end up with 12 rows and those 12, 12 rows or the logic behind selecting those 12 rows has nothing to do with those you know that join yeah, yeah so yeah. you so you're do, you're doing an expensive operation that you know, even if we try to rearrange, because we do try to optimize your query internally based on the steps that you have. So we try to transform that into a query plan so that we can try to optimize it. But in some cases, uh, we, we preserve the logic that you put in place because it might have some specific reasons why you did it that way. Yeah. yeah. So it, it really depends. And, uh, you know, it, one of the things, if you have questions around Power Query, we do have forums. So we do have the Power BI commuter forum, and there's a section just solely dedicated for Power Query. So if you have any questions around Power Query or, hey, is this the best way that it could, that it could approach my scenario? And you basically describe your scenario. Yeah. Uh, we can try and help you. So there are multiple uh, marks of uh, employees trying to answer questions in there. I myself, I tried to answer questions in there. Okay, so, cool. so if you have any questions around those scenarios, specific scenarios, try to post it in there. We can try to figure it out. 
the worst thing that could happen is that maybe maybe you found a bug and I'm actually reading those uh, threads. So what? if if you yeah. report a bug, let me know that I I you you've seen this when if you report a bug, I I get those fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get those fixed. So we do try to to fix this, you know, as soon as possible, uh, depending on, as well on the impact. Um, and if not, if this is not a bug, we do have your feedback around something that we could improve. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back, go, just going back to your comment about the sort of doing the merge too early. Mm -hmm. Does that, does that hold true? Let's say you've got two Excel files as data sources. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you, if you reduced, if you applied a filter step early on mm -hmm. down to those 10 rows and then did the merge, yeah. would that be quicker than yeah. it would? would Try it? to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Might be a worthy video, actually. I'll give that a go. Okay. Yeah. So Doing that them. should, as long as they don't, they don't interfere with, uh, with the logic that you have behind, there yeah, might be yeah. a way to. Yeah. So it, it's all about the logic of, of how many rows you select. And if, you know, if there was a way for you to also uh, do the, so, you know, the table of select rows or filter on both tables, you know, left and right. Yeah, yeah. That should make things even, even quicker. Okay. Hmm. Cool. Right. I'll give that a go. Um, hey, you mentioned the query plan. That's another cool feature that's in Dataflows. And I'd like to, yeah. so, seen a couple of your presentations over recent months, you know, demonstrating what that query plan sort of you know is about and how it how it works mm -hmm. it's really interesting to see that sort of process in the back end can you briefly you know in 60 seconds give a an overview of what that is to to get people interested and take a look at it yeah so when you create a, a query in power query you have a section that we call the applied steps that gives you all of the steps that you added to that query it's your query definition imagine that we translate that query definition, which is M and M script, we translate that into a set of operations that are going to be evaluated inside of the Power Query engine. So the query plan is just a visual representation of everything that's going to happen inside of the engine. And, and this same concept of a query plan comes from, you know, other databases like SQL Server. You, you can find out more about what is a query plan. Uh, what we have at the moment, it's what's called an estimated query plan. So it's going to be an estimate based on the static analysis of, of your script. But uh, if you read the other article that we have on, you know, query plan and, and, and evaluation, there's more to it because it also depends on your capabilities or the capabilities of your data source. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, that can help people just sort of understand mm -hmm. how the query is getting processed and may then give them some insight into how they could potentially speed it up or apply the process yeah. differently and those sorts of things, especially when it comes to query folding as well and those sorts of things. Yeah, so we're also trying to improve that experience so that we can give you more hints as to, you know, what could be considered a bottleneck or what could right. be an expensive yeah. operation. At the moment, what well, we have some labels. So you're going to find that some nodes are going to say uh, full remote or remote operation. That means that it's not being evaluated by Power Query, but it's evaluated someplace else, like by the yeah. data source. Awesome. Uh, there's another one that is called streaming. So it's how we process things internally. And then there's another one called table scan, I believe. 
or full scan. And what it does is, for example, when you do a table dot sort, in order for you to sort a table, you have to read the whole table. So that's yes. that's the whole idea. Yeah. So that's the full scan. You have to fully scan the table. With a streaming operation, you don't have to read the whole table to start evaluating. So that's that's the whole concept. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's really worth checking out. So uh, again, yep. we'll try and put some links in the in the notes and stuff, which would be good. If you've got any of those presentations that are public somewhere, that would be cool. Yep. Um, all right, and 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 life at Microsoft now. So. If money and engineering hours were no object at all, what would you what would you have everybody work on all of a sudden? Is there something you would like to just magically <laughs> fix? Is there, is there such a thing? I think that I'm I'm working on the stuff that I wanted to work on when right. I joined when cool. I spoke with Miguel. So uh, one of them, you know, I, I had a few of them. Uh, some of them are cost prohibitive, you know, they're, they're just too expensive to do at the moment. Yeah. But we're making the path towards making that happen soon. Uh, okay. But yeah, I'm, I'm working on one thing. Hopefully if we have another uh, meeting like this in like six months or nine months, yeah, I yeah, should yeah. be able to share some some things with you. It's, just, it's awesome. The pace of change is just, you know, mind numbing, but also exciting and, and awesome as well. And uh, yeah. How, how quickly things are changing and it's yep. it's a total it's a total different world now it's it's just keeping on top of everything is just it's it's fantastic that all these things can now be shipped mm. sort of on a monthly basis three monthly basis yep. five you know but it's just so, it, i'm not complaining but it is just hard to keep up it's just a fact yeah it's just no i, I can tell you that from experience as well you know trying to keep up with dax for example where yeah. like Calculated tables or, or like aggregated, aggregated tables, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's tricky. Um, and sort of um, in challenges that you maybe didn't expect or did expect at Microsoft working remotely, traveling to Redmond, you know, what, uh, any I think that insights? the moment, the, the one that I'm facing at the moment is daylight savings. We don't have that oh, here in Panama. Right. So I used to have a time difference of two hours, and now it's three. Yeah, yeah. So now, now it's 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 a bit difficult because now there might be some, uh, yeah, there might be some some meetings that happen at four p.m. Redmond, but it's seven p.m. my time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's yeah. We we have um, so in Western Australia we're normally we don't have daylight savings either. So and we're normally mm -hmm. two hours behind Sydney, and now mm -hmm. daylight saving. Sydney has daylight savings, and now we're three hours behind. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, we we don't have too many clients in Sydney, but um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that extra hour makes a difference. Yeah. Um, anything else? So you know, we do a few bits of wrap up in a second. But anything else we should chat about? Anything or where can people find you as well? Well, links to sites or. YouTube channels, blogs, what? I don't, I don't really have any of those. So at the moment, I think that yeah, yeah. what I sent you was the uh, Parkray site. So it can be just parkray.com, cool. for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and people can find more about it. Um, and if you have the link for the song, hey, I sent you the song, man. So you can put oh, it. Oh, man, I did. I, I've listened to the song. I like the song. 
Nice song. Thank so you. yeah, let's mention the song. So uh, what it, what's all that about? And so you've recorded it. It's on Spotify. What should people search yeah. for? I think that it's probably easier if if they uh, if they find it on your site. Okay, I'll you know? put the little link in there. Yeah, but the uh, the name of the of the project or the artist it's P A B. P A B. Okay. Yeah. Cool. P A B, and the name of the song is Someday Somehow. Excellent. Yeah. And when did you actually release that? Uh, that was released. I think that it was in May, I believe, of this year. Something like that. Yeah, and uh, May. did that? How long did that take from sort of first Start. first sort of starting? Of, I guess not not necessarily writing it, but the very first sort of bit of recording or the very first conversation with somebody about recording it to the what was that process like? That was like nine months. Wow, that was okay. a whole baby, right? So yeah, it, yeah. It, that was a baby yeah, at that point. But yeah, it took it took nine months from me coming up with the uh the full structure uh so i had the full structure of the song instrumental and some melodies and then from there yeah nine months wow cool and uh yeah so it, at the end of it is it something you're keen to do more of or something you want to break from <laughs> was it so <laughs> I, i'm actually by the end of before the end of the year i should be able to release another one so at the moment wow, it's okay. it's it's being mixed or in the process of mixing uh yeah. and i'm working on a couple of other ones um but those are it's a different genre uh but yeah i'm, I'm just yeah i'm just trying to you know I, i've been meaning to come up with my own songs for 15 years now <laughs> something like that yeah uh I finally have, you know, all the tools to, or I guess all the toys to make this happen. Yeah, no no more excuses. I haven't got the tech. you just got to get down and do it. <laughs> yeah. And I do have a, a good support system, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, all the engineers and, and the songwriters and everyone to help me. Cool. Um, and where, do, do you find it just playing music, you know, and jamming away, just sort of relax, is relaxing, a distraction from, you switch off a little bit? Um, yeah, I think that it's it's something that I always wanted to do. I feel super proud of, of what I've been able to accomplish with with this song. Like it's 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 insane how like I didn't expect it to sound so good. Uh, <laughs> okay, production production wise, it, it sounds as professional as it could probably go. Yeah, and it, it was my first it song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, and yeah, I'm coming up with the second one. The second one is also something that I feel super. Pro so it's you know, I'm, I'm. It might actually take time for me to come up with the songs, but uh, the moment that I put them out, I'm, I'm, it, it's something that that I'm super proud of. Similar similar yes. things happen with the book with Ken and I. If we didn't feel proud about it, it's, it wasn't it wasn't going to be released. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we were just you know waiting for the correct moment and waiting for the right content and we can put it out ah, so i guess a, that that's, that's something exciting. that uh, yeah cool um and um one of the one of the requirements you know for and maybe we've just sort of mentioned this as well one of the requirements from coming on to power query magic is you need to leave you know two links or articles or you know, blog posts or whatever, if there's a favorite one or a popular one, um, 
so you said you, you're going to you're going to leave in the sort of link to the powerquery.com uh, website but anything else on yeah. there as well i think that the only one the other one is just uh i'll leave you a link so that people can reach out to or, or to check out the song on yeah, their favorite yeah, cool. platform so it can be uh yeah it can be um spotify it can be deezer it can be apple music uh yeah whichever awesome. they they prefer they can definitely. just go for it we'll definitely do that and um also like to ask people if they've ever had any brushes with fame so any any musicians mm -hmm. you know any uh, any uh sort of scenarios for you brushes with fame famous people you've met or yeah i think that i'll tell you about it in, in the email the uh my producer uh, i'm not sure if you ever heard about that band uh it's called dishwalla okay dishwalla was a band it's still a band uh but they they had a really cool hit single uh, back in the 90s uh, right. counting blue cars okay and uh, he's the singer some writer of that song he, uh, he's uh, doing a solo his name is J.R. Richards and he, he was my producer for that song and the other one that I'm working on um, and yeah I, I was able to meet him this year in person and, and talk to him you know super nice guy super humble yeah and and super amazing at music as well. <laughs> Excellent. Now, how did you end up sort of hooking up with him then? Yeah, I mean, that that was probably even crazier than meeting Ken, to be honest. Right. <laughs> or trying to, to set up, you know, but, you know, that's the, the, the world that we live in, you know. You don't really have to meet the person, you know, this human being in person to actually work with them or to come up with something great. Uh with the power of the internet, you know, yeah, you can yeah. do many things. But uh, what I was doing is that I was on this site uh, called soundbetter.com. And on soundbetter, you're able to find producers that potentially could help you with the song. Uh, you can also work with session musicians and all that. So I was able to reach out to him that way. Uh, he didn't reply to, to that platform uh, he said that he usually doesn't check those out so what i tried is that i just sending an email based on an email that i found on his website i believe okay and and then we set up a, a meeting so we could talk on he was on board and he he's super happy as well with with the outcomes so i'm, I'm just happy to to be working with him yeah yeah very good that's cool yeah. man that's good fun um and then the other question is uh, that I've got for everybody is their worst presentation moment. So when something goes horribly wrong, have you have you had any? Oh yeah, I think that we all had one moment where the internet just wasn't working or something happened. You know. Yeah. Back in 2013, I, I was doing webinars with this company in Spain, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know why I was using this software uh we were using this software for webcast and for some reason it, it felt like i was trying to connect to a server in australia or i was trying to connect to a server in singapore like in, in one of those two places because right. the latency was just terrible and uh, that was my main issue uh, it's just you know imagine like a 15 second delay or like 10 second delay oh wow. uh, at that point, we were just like, 
yeah, it doesn't really function well. So we we had to reschedule it, but it was, yeah. you know, it was like 500 or 400 people just trying oh, to watch that. And really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty <laughs> terrible. <good>. Yeah. <laughs> the good thing is that, you know, we did another round and that round we did make sure that everything was in place and that I didn't have this latency issue. Uh, and yeah, it came out pretty good. Cool. All, all was saved in the end. Yeah. Awesome. And and finally, if I stranded you on a desert island um, and you weren't allowed anything other than one object beginning with a letter M, what would you take? I think that, I, yeah, it depends on how you want to stretch it. But uh, I think that I told you like my MacBook at first. MacBook. I like it. But, uh, I like MacBook. I think that's a great answer. But uh, the other thing is, if we want to stretch it out like as far as possible, right. you know, there's a brand of acoustic guitars called Martin. Oh yes. So I will. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't have to worry about batteries. So I will <laughs> yeah. just have that guitar and that's it. Very good. Very good. I like those yeah. two options. Those are good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt Allington last week said my dog and I let him have it. <laughs> I shouldn't have. So. <laughs> Um, oh, right. Lovely to chat to you, Miguel. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'll leave links to Miguel's song and the Power Query site and various other things that we've chatted about as well in the notes. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, thanks once again. And keep creating the magic that is Power Query. And thanks for making it better and continually improving it. Thank you. Thank you. Catch you later on. Cheers, Miguel. Bye.